Hello and welcome to the Teppi Show. Pun absolutely intended. The podcast where we talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about. The uncomfortable truths of life, all for the sake of growth and self-actualization. Bettering your human interactions, one podcast at a time. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you will grow. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome your host, Teppi Show, Congo. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 22, yes, yes, yes. So um, I'm going on a season break after episode number 24. So how many more? So it's three more until season break and season finale. So if you've made it up until this point in time, thank you so much. It's been such a wonderful journey. I've enjoyed doing this. Um, I've grown a lot and gotten to engage with people, understand people more. Um, studied people more <laughs> you know so that I can also be accurate in the things that I say and yeah so without any further ado um, this isn't what I initially planned to talk about but um, I want to talk about something else but it's fine uh, I, I decided because I've got three more to go that I'll talk about what I want to talk about now in the next one so today we're going to be talking about the d word yes you guessed it divorce Ha! Ah, divorce, 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 divorce. Where do we start? Where do we go? So I spent this past week researching. Okay, well, not that I only researched it this past week. Like it's always something that's always been on my mind, something I've always been trying to understand, talking to people that have gone through a divorce, um, people that are considering a divorce and so forth. So something I've always been wondering about. But this past week, I think I set time aside to like study the scripture to firstly find out what God's standpoint is about it um what the word the word the word says about it um i know i say god and the word like it's two separate things but you know what i mean um so god the person that i the father that i have a relationship with jesus and the word and um yeah then i also checked out some podcasts as well about divorce um and other speakers that I esteem highly, of course. Um, if you want to know who Miles Monroe, <laughs> yeah, bless his soul. Oh my gosh! And it's actually it's his death anniversary. It was his death anniversary, I think, a few days ago, or was it last week? But yeah, yo, bless his soul. Thank you so much, Miles. Like yo, you impacted us on a whole nother level. Thank you for being the mentor I I ever needed. So yeah, divorce. So I think. Um, Divorce is like also one of those taboo things in our culture or generally speaking because um, it's all about emotions and it can be quite tough to talk about. So it's no wonder that people don't always want to talk about divorce. Um, but thank God for the tippy show. <laughs> we talk about things that nobody wants to talk about. Um, guys, by the way, it was Tavang who did my intro. So if you guys want to start a podcast and you're looking for somebody to do your intro, just let me know. Like, um, I'm more than happy to, sh- to share my plugs. Um, he's really cool. I still love it. Anyways, back to the point. So, yeah, because I think it's quite a taboo subject. Um, and then I also realized that I've actually never heard anybody teaching about divorce. Um, and as I've explained, I think I've been like a church child. So I've, I've grown up in church. I don't remember hearing anything about divorce except don't divorce. Um, and I think that was about it. Um, yeah. So I thought, you know, I, I think I need to unpack this because I think also as I was wondering why, I thought maybe it might be that 
you know, because if somebody's a pastor and they're in charge of a congregation of like a lot of people, maybe you can't talk about divorce from there because maybe people in your congregation have been divorced. And so you feel like you don't want to make them feel bad. I don't know. Maybe that's a lousy excuse that I'm thinking of, but that's the only thing I could think of. Cause if you've got people in your congregation that are divorced, um, then I don't know, maybe it might be a good enough reason for you to not want to talk about it at all. And also it's always like weird for me. Cause it's like, why isn't anybody talking about divorce? Like, why are we not like it's happening? It happens, but we're not talking about it. It's, and I'm like, okay, but how are we going to avoid it if we don't talk about it? So I've always like made sure that I'm on my guard with anything, actually, <laughs> with regards to sin, with regards to my marriage, anything. I don't think that like I'm immune from sin. And I think that's why I like stay woke. And I mean woke as in I woke away from sin is what I mean. So same thing with divorce. Um, I want to study it and I want to understand it because I don't want to be a part of it. So now I'm thinking if you never talk about it and you never can think about it or it never crosses your mind, not to get a divorce, but just, hey, um, what can I do to not get a divorce type of thing in that sense? Then how do you actually adequately prepare against it? You know, like what steps and measures? So I, I figured people aren't talking about it and therefore they're not guarding themselves against it and therefore it's happening or it takes them by surprise inverted commas so um along with listening to marriage today daily which is our daily practice pom and i in our marriage we've made that dedication and commitment to watch that every single day uh yo but we didn't this past week it was a hectic week it was my dad's birthday there was a lot happening it was we were busy 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 we didn't get to watch it but um yeah so just small little things and small little investments that you put into your marriage to make it work um so yeah divorce um then i also talked met this other cool girl uh, a few weeks back was it last month in tabeling at a bride i met her at a family bride oh gosh it was so beautiful we had such a beautiful chat she helped me realize things her along with zo my cousin well pom's cousin well well i'm married to pom now so does that mean that she's my cousin cousin-in-law whatever <laughs> zola and they just helped me understand you know divorce and um how to tackle it and why it's not being tackled so shout out to you ladies i love it when i'm amongst um, other people that i can learn from and grow from you know i love like conversation that challenges challenges me to my core so as we're talking about divorce she also they also kept saying you know what it's not addressed in the church i was like okay fine 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 anyways thank god for the tippy show so i'm here i'll talk about divorce I think that, first of all, it is a very touchy subject. It's a very painful subject. And I think anyone who's been through a divorce, it's like super, 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 super painful. And I can only empathize with them. And I can only like, you know, um, like DK described it as a death. I can only, you know, <laughs> imagine what that would feel like. So with regards to divorce, um, yeah, before I, I delve into it, let me just start off by saying, remember, God doesn't hate the divorcee. He hates divorce, but he doesn't hate the divorcee. And then even with understanding who God is, I think it's also good to have a balance to understand that he's not a, a God that's like all grace and no judgment. There's grace, there's judgment, there's mercy, there's wrath. Everything is incorporated. He's like a an equilibrium God, if I can, if I can call him that. So he has um, standards and justices and things that he upholds and values and expects his children to follow. But at the same time, he's still a loving and gracious 
God, forgiving father. But because he's loving, gracious, forgiving, it doesn't mean that that now automatically cancels out his judgments and um, his wrath and um, his anger, so to speak. And I'm not saying he's angry at mankind. I'm just talking about the different qualities of God and things that he likes and he doesn't like. So that's why I always say it's in your best interest to read scripture for yourself so that you can actually get the holistic picture, just in case you're in a church where all they do is only preach about grace or you follow people that only talk about grace and they don't tell you about the other part. So you don't want to be like confused, like, oh, Lord, I don't know that you're such and such a person, but we actually didn't take time to study him and form a relationship with him by reading his word. So yeah, so with that being said, what I found out about divorce is that actually it wasn't, di- divorce was never God's intention. Divorce was never God's intention. And because it wasn't God's intention, he never made provisions for it. And I was like, what? This absolutely blew my mind. Now, if you look in the Garden of um, Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, and also us as well, because we sin now, we sin and God made provision for our sins, right? Which is the blood of Jesus Christ, which washes us. And he also made a sacrifice for them in the Garden of Eden by um, slaughtering the animal and then covering them with the 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 skin the skin of the animal that God which which God God did the first sacrifice in the Garden of Eden, so, um yeah and then for us now we have the blood of Jesus Christ so God made provisions for sin because that was part of not part of His plan but He knew that that was going to happen but what I found interesting is that with um divorce marriage there was never a provision for this and I was like what yeah. I know, crazy. So divorce was man's invention, never God's intention. Mm! I know, guys, this one. Muslim wrote totally like flipped my mind when I read that. But yeah, so that's that's the story of divorce. And then I'm going to read now. I'm going to go through what Jesus actually said um, to further explain what I've just said. So it's not my opinion again. And I also sincerely believe that I think sometimes because things aren't taught in the church, you kind of tend to make the wrong decision. Okay, so I'll go first. There was somebody I suggested should get a divorce, Um, but not out of malice, not because like I wanted the person's husband or nothing like that, not because I don't like marriage, not because I wanted them to suffer, like literally not even from my an evil intention but just because I thought that would be the best thing to do but the thing is at that time I hadn't actually studied scripture and I hadn't actually like delved into it like you see like what's God's standpoint I think I didn't even ask God I think it was just something that I saw and I was like ah nah this can't be healthy for you and I think a lot of people advise people to get divorces out of that place because they just like yo you can't be in that situation there's something that changed my life that I heard three weeks ago on on TBN Charles Stanley and he was talking about how um we shouldn't interfere with the will of God in people's lives. And for instance, you're saying that you could be going through something terrible and people might agree and be like, you know, yeah, no, that's definitely terrible. I can't believe you're going through that. But from God's perspective, he might be like, hmm, yeah, no, that's fine. Not because he doesn't care, but because it was it was worked into the plan to develop your character or to work something 
out of your character or to strengthen you, to fortify you, whatever the, the, the case might be. So the whole idea was because we don't know God's plan, we shouldn't automatically assume that things happening in people's lives are bad or evil or that they shouldn't be there. I was like, oh my gosh, my mind was absolutely blown because I think, because I, I, I care about people and I care about the, the things that people go through. I'm always like, don't do this to people, don't do that to people. And then you're like, but what if God actually put them in that situation because there's something that he needed to work out of them? Now that's one thing I've like, I'm still like, it's still blowing my mind to this day. So we see people um, struggling or whatever um, and we think I need to take them out, but maybe God is using that for character building. Look, I don't know the situation. I'm just giving you guys this this epiphany or whatever you want to call it revelation that absolutely changed my mind because then it taught me to like not interfere and to trust that God will be God in people's lives and that they're going through whatever they need to go through but obviously if I can help them then let me help them but maybe not try to take them out of the situation but to help them as best as I can so he said you know the whole idea is to look at things from God's perspective and you need to know what God's plan for that person's life is before you um, advice otherwise. So with that being said, I guess the same thing can also be applied for divorce as well, is that um, God maybe knew um, what you needed to go through. And um, that's also probably why the Bible also tells people to like caution against marriage, like think about it, think about it. And Paul even said, I think it's better not to marry. Even the guy said it's not, it's better to not marry at this point. I'm going to open the scripture now, now, you know, um, so because of that, people were really like, yeah, no, I don't think we should get married because they could, they, they understood that it, it was going to be an intense commitment and you have to like commit to it. So it's one of those things you can choose to not do, but if you do do it, you have to like commit to it and you have to make it until the very end. So yeah, guys, that Charles Stanley thing, it just blew my mind completely. Um, so that's why you should never, ever, ever suggest that somebody get a divorce. Like rather they be the ones to make that decision, but don't ever let those words come out of your mouth. Like don't even be that friend. You don't, you don't want to be responsible for that because there, there are instances in divorce where, or in marriages where you go through a rough patch, but you go through it and then you make it again. And you divorcing while you're going through the midst of it might not be the best situation because it, it probably was going to get better or it's probably just going to, it was meant to just fortify your marriage in that season. Look, I don't know what the situation is. Um, I can only just speak on a general basis, you know? Um, so yeah, so don't be like me. Don't be encouraging people to get divorces. Do not do that. Um, do not, do not. But yeah, let's get into the scripture. I'm going to be reading the Amplified Version and I'm going to be reading Matthew 19, starting from um, verse number three. And the Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? So it turns out that, okay, now I'm just pausing to just give context. It turns out that at this time, or throughout the times, people were just divorcing their wives for like, whatever reason like i'm tired of you or you didn't keep the law or you sneezed right or you didn't sneeze right or whatever i don't know i saw you in your menstrual period whatever look whatever the reason was it looks it looked like divorce was very common and because of that it was any reason and i remember going huh that doesn't even make sense imagine being married to someone who's just going to divorce you just because of 
I don't know. He doesn't feel like, oh, today he wants a younger girl. Like, what the hell? But anyways, so that was the context. And hence, they were saying for just any reason. Because he didn't even, like, ask a specific thing. They just said for any reason. It's lawful. Okay. Um, And then verse number four says, he replied, Have you never read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined inseparably to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So I just want to pause and just delve into that real quick. So they're asking Jesus about divorce. Did Jesus answer the question about divorce? No, he didn't. (laughs) Did Jesus perhaps not understand the question? Of course not. He's Jesus. He understood the question. But I think it's interesting to note that they're asking about divorce and he's telling them about God's initial plan. So he doesn't, he hasn't even like answered what they're asking because that was never like God's plan. Like God didn't make any provisions for divorce. Mm, I don't know. For me, that just, it was like a wow, a wow moment. Verse six. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Verse 7, the Pharisees said to him, why then did Moses command us to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? I wonder who her was. But anyways, he said to them, because your hearts were hard and stubborn, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. Mm, Guys, can you just like, did you guys get what Jesus just said? Because... They asked, a, they asked Jesus a question about divorce. Jesus doesn't answer. So then they're like, how? Oh, okay, what about the divorce certificate? And then Jesus explains. He's like, okay, so now you're talking about Moses. So now it turns out it's actually Moses who gave um, a concession for a divorce and not God. Ha, huh, that blew my mind because I personally, I've never heard that teaching ever, ever. There was a blog post that I read and then somebody commented on there because this woman was talking about how, how her husband is cheating on her and how he has this other girl and how he wanted to leave her for this younger girl. And should I read the story, guys? Okay, let me see. I wonder if you guys... <laughs> okay, let me tell you. So she says, my husband cheated on me. I feel like I was thrown in the dumpster. My, my heart was torn in a thousand pieces rejected we are separated right now and we have a three-year-old and a two-year-old i just don't know if he ever really loved me i know the bible says that i can divorce not just highlight that part i know the bible says that i can divorce but another part um i don't want my fam- but another part is that i don't want my family to be destroyed the trust is broke has been broken my marriage vows were broken my mind and heart are confused i can forgive but i don't know if we should continue a broken relationship it takes time to heal I'm doing much better. This happened in Christmas many years ago. He went out of the country to see this younger, prettier, skinnier girl. By the way, that's also another... No, I'm not saying... Yo, okay, no. Before I, people twist my words. Not just my words. I'm just saying it's just another reason why you should like... I kind of like consider how you look. And no, I'm not saying she got a divorce because of how she looks. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just making a separate point And I just was reminded to just, you know, as a woman, just... Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Don't like now when you get into marriage, you just now become lax. You know, when your husband made you, you're wearing makeup, wearing heels and wearing nice things. And then after you get married, you just 
turn into Rakhadi or whatever. Like, you know, um, that's what I'm saying. Um, then she says, and I spoke with that girl and she didn't care that he was married. Again, don't be that girl. Please don't be that girl when a wife calls you and you just don't care. Like, because wh- whatever you sow, you, you shall reap. So you don't want to reap bad things. Check out my previous podcast, episode 20. Is it 20 or 21? The one on adultery and cheating. Then she says, um, they were dating for one year and he had fallen in love with her. He was going to leave me to marry her. He even sent me pictures with him and her on Christmas. And that time he was drinking a lot. So he stopped drinking and he's trying to get his life and finances straight. I don't know what to do. Yo, guys, that is so painful. I think that's like the worst thing for every any wife out there. But here's what caught my eye. This response from another lady who said, hey, I know your situation is tough. What caught my eye was your words, open quote. I know the Bible says that I can divorce, close quote. And then she says, that is not true. Christ said divorce was created for those with hard hearts. Divorce was created for the whining, rebellious, and hard-headed people. Hard hearts don't get to heaven. And are you really bold enough to take on God to put asunder what God has joined together? God is a God of restoration, and practically the sin of divorce carries on for generations, and horizontally so. Easy for me to say, but God's words are life. Keep winning your husband without a word. I don't know how it works, but trust him by acting on his word. Yeah, I know that's deep. Imagine fetching such a deep rebuke in a in a comment post on a blog like you were just asking for help and sympathy and then somebody just comes so i was also shook that she said this because i think people really think that we can actually get divorced so it turns out divorce was just a concession that was made because of people's hard hearts people always looking for a way out and because they were looking for a way out they were just um you know, Moses was just like, you know what? You guys are going to stress me out. And you guys know Moses was already stressed out by them people. You can just see he was like, he was, um, <laughs> what is it? He was hitting rocks when you're supposed to be tapping them. You can just see utter frustration. I am Moses. Moses is me. Like, I, I understand. I understand how people can frustrate you. So because of that, it was Moses who gave a concession. And then Jesus even said the same thing in Matthew 19. You know, he's, he said to them and he said, because your hearts were hard and stubborn. That's why Moses permitted the divorce. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you flipping kidding me? So now it's like Jesus came again to say, I didn't ca- come to cancel out the law. You know, I came to fulfill it. Um, and I'm still in agreement with what all the other prophets said, what Moses said, what Isaiah said, Jeremiah, Obadiah, Amos, Habakkuk, Haggai. No, Hegei, I think I said it wrong. Jonah. Uh, who's the other one? Y'all know my flow, you know? So with all the prophets, Jesus still agrees. And then um, Miles went on to explain that when Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, what he was saying was that I've come to give you guys the spirit behind the law in case you missed it or in case you misunderstood what God meant. So, for instance, when God said, thou shalt not murder, he wasn't literally talking about you going out to kill people. And I don't know why I didn't catch this, but I obviously I should have caught it, right? But anyways, thank God for miles. <laughs> I didn't catch that. because. But if you just look at our society, how many people are murderers in comparison to those that are not? A few, right? So if it's only like a few people that are murdering people, 
it kind of wouldn't make sense why God would give out a law that only applies to a few people, right? Right. But then if we say how many people in our society hate people, that's like everyone, right? You, everyone has somebody that they hate. And this, of course, you become born again and God is working in your heart and renewing you, renewing your mind. And so forth. But there's somebody who either gets on your nerves, you can't stand or whatever the case might be, right? Then that's everyone. So then you realize that like, ah, okay. So it wasn't actually about physically killing because that means that I think maybe that's also why there's a disconnect between us and the law because you're like, I never killed nobody. I never slept with nobody. I ain't committed adultery. I ain't, you know, you can you can pass the Ten Commandments like that. But then um, in Matthew, I think, is it Matthew 5, when Jesus was explaining the spirit behind the law, then nobody passes there. Then, then we don't pass because um, you have hatred in your heart. You have hatred in your heart, so you're not passing. Or you've committed adultery in your heart. You've looked at a woman lustfully. So even there, God's like, mm. There, you've already committed adultery. Adultery, I learned this past week, is not about sex. And that blew my mind because I was like, ah, why didn't I discover that before I did my previous podcast? But that's even more hectic, eh? Because now I'm talking about um, adultery and sex. And the Lord's like, sis, even if people don't have sex with other people, in their hearts, in their hearts, everyone has committed adultery. Whether you're watching porn, whether you're watching, you're looking at a magazine or some movie that's inappropriate, you're reading these sexual um, novels, you're watching Fifty Shades of Grey, all these things. I'm just like, oh, okay. But anyways, the Lord made sure that the message got to me. So thank you, Jesus, that I finally got it. So Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. What he was saying is that I came to explain what the law was all about since y'all kind of missed it. Whew, yeah, no. So when he said that with murder, hate, hatred, okay? And then um, same thing with adultery. When you're talking about adultery already in your mind. So Mal said something very interesting. He said, so if you're going to divorce your spouse because of adultery, then you should have divorced them like... That means that, what did he say? That that marriage was already doomed anyways. Or that you you should have, what did he say? Ugh, I can't remember the exact words. But the point he was trying to make was that, um, I don't know if he was just talking about men, but I assume he was just talking about men. He's like, men battle adultery anyway in their hearts when they see a woman, when they see, so already they're fighting it. And already they've technically inverted commas committed adultery without letting you know and without stepping out and without having booked a room and had sex outside. So he was saying that in essence, everything can be repaired, I guess. Yeah. But okay, let me finish reading the scripture. Let me finish reading the scripture. Um, so he said, um, because your hearts are hard and stubborn, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. Yeah. So this is also another part of adultery that I forgot to mention, but I guess it can be mentioned in this podcast. Another part of adultery is if you're divorcing your wife for just, I don't know, I don't like her, her breath smiles, she's lost weight because she gave birth to my three kids who are now going to carry my legacy, and now I don't like her new body. And I'm comparing her to these models that I see on Instagram. So I'm going to give her a divorce. 
for that reason, stupid reasons, things that don't even make sense, all those things, you're going to cause her to commit adultery. And you yourself will be committing adultery as well. So I, I think last week when I spoke about adultery, I just spoke about adultery in the sense of cheating for cheating on the person that you are with, right? But I forgot, well, I learned this week, there's another part to adultery, which is when you are in a marriage, you get divorced. But the reason for the divorce does not constitute Actually, you shouldn't even be getting a divorce, right? But you got a divorce anyway. So because you got a divorce, the reason that you got the divorce is not sexual immorality. So therefore, you're causing this person to um, commit adultery because now they're going to meet somebody else and this the person is still alive. So I was like super, super shook. And then, um, then in verse 10, it says, the disciples said to Jesus, if the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. And then Jesus said some really deep things that now made people not want to get married anymore, <laughs> which I think is very interesting, um, you know. And then let me just finish reading it so that I don't like veer off again and not finish my point. And then verse 11, he says, but he said to them, not all men can accept the statement, but only those to whom the capacity to receive it has been given. So not everybody will be able to accept the commitment and the strength, the grace, the aptitude that is required to get married because it's work. And then Jesus goes on to say, for there are many eunuchs who have been born that way from their mother's womb. A eunuch is uh, somebody, a male who has their testicles crushed or something like that. Um, let me just find the actual definition of a eunuch. Yeah, a man who has been castrated, especially in the past. Um, one employed to guard women's living areas in an oriental court. Yeah, so you've been castrated, you can't, basically can't have sex. So, for, so in verse 12, Jesus says, For there are eunuchs who have been born that way from their mother's womb, making them incapable of consummating a marriage. And there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men for royal service. And there are eunuchs who have, who have made themselves so for the sake of the kingdom. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. So basically, Jesus was saying people have decided to become eunuchs. Some are born that way, as in they can't have sex. Other people do it for kingdom purpose, to like focus on God. I guess that would kind of be like Paul. But I don't know, though, because the Bible didn't call him a eunuch. But anyways, kind of like him, deciding to become a eunuch to serve the kingdom of God. And other become eunuchs because of life. Because good tough, good rough, things have happened. And therefore, you decide that I, I don't want to get married anymore. And then Jesus said, but whoever is able to accept this, let him accept it. So I think the point of this podcast is that we need to relook certain matters through the lens of scripture. Not your pastor, not your cell leader, not your priest, not the father on heaven, apparently, even though the Bible says you only have one father in heaven. But anyways, that's besides the point. Not anybody else except what God really views on divorce. So yeah, so because um, maybe um, because your pastor has lots of people that they preach to, maybe they've opted to not speak on matters like divorce and maybe you don't know. So I also think that that's also been to our detriment at times because if you're going through a situation but you don't know how God feels about it, you, you can tend to like make the wrong decision. But look, if you had made the wrong decision, 
it, it's not the end of the world. We can always come to repentance. There have been stories of couples that get divorced and then get remarried at a later stage. Or even like couples that divorce and they're still friends, which is always like weird because it's like, <laughs> or, or find excuses to see each other, which is also like funny because it's like, oh, but you guys are like married. So, and also sometimes couples also divorce, but they're still in love. And maybe it's just literally just trying to punish one another. So if that's you and if you're in any of those um, situations, don't. Like, let's humble ourselves, at least to your spouse. I mean, this is like a lifelong commitment you chose to make. Um, I assume your wedding was expensive and it was pricey and it cost you an arm and a leg. You don't want to undo that. You don't want to redo that also at a later stage as well. Um, yeah, so this podcast is not to bash divorcees. It's not what I'm doing. I just feel like we just maybe never understood how God views divorce and we just felt like it's an option. And I think also secondly, um, we've made decisions, not really understanding the consequences that they would bear. Ask anyone who's had a divorce, if they'll be honest, like it's been tough. It's been deep. It's, it's not so easy. Um, and also because the person's still alive. I can, I think I also now understand why the Bible says that, um, your, your marriage should end only when the person is dead, because then you'll never see them again. But if, if you divorce them, it's the death of the marriage, but you're still going to see the person again. And how do you stop all those feelings and emotions, those dreams, ambitions, things that you had planned together for the kids though? Like, how do you stop that from coming back? Like, unless maybe if you get amnesia and then you don't remember the person again and you don't remember everything, but which is highly unlikely. So you'll always remember everything. And I can understand that every time you meet that person, everything comes back again comes back up again and it's like a struggle so i understand why um you know god would prefer it that the marriage is dissolved by death not through divorce another interesting thing to consider is that this is something that god puts together right so god puts you together and then you go and you separate yourselves in the court of law but strange isn't it because god put you together <laughs> So what am I saying? What am I saying? Um, yeah, no, like I said, this wasn't going to be an easy one. I don't think anything on this podcast has been an easy one. It's not comfortable. It's not fair. It causes you to get mad, get offended. Um, but let's let's come to truth. This is, again, it's not to bash you, okay? Like I said, I'm well aware of my own sins. I got my own sins. So I got time to be looking at your sins. But I do believe that us as the younger generation, we've never, like, let me just be honest. Like, I feel like the people that were my mentors or people that I looked up to, inverted commas, whatever word you want to put there, I feel like they didn't, like, tell us how marriage was actually going to be. Like, actually, actually going to be. <laughs> And I feel like, did you guys just lie to us and just show us the Instagram post and then just to get married and like not tell us the full extent of marriage? We had a radio interview two weeks ago um, with Siposeti Sitlang. We check it out on Instagram. And he asked us about like marriage and money and finances and how that's been going. And I, I think I said on, on the interview that i think i was very naive but 
as as much as I was naive, I feel like the people that were also around us, they also didn't tell us that you need millions in a marriage. And they gave us a very like superficial, like, yeah, love, love. Look, love, yes, yes, love, yes. I definitely like guys, I don't think you can get married without love. I don't know. People maybe might do it for practicalities, but for me, I need that romance. Like otherwise, it's just a friendship, you know what I'm saying? But I just felt like y'all didn't tell us like the whole truth, you know? Like y'all didn't tell us that like you go need money. So like because if 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 you if you know people are gonna need money, and why then would you encourage like super young people to get married? Like for what reason? Like Unless if, I don't know, maybe you inherited millions, but even if you did, money runs out. So if you don't know how to make more of it and you don't know how to um, invest, then that's also still a problem. So that also still doesn't help. But anyways, I just felt like I'd never really got like the true honesty part of like the money part um, as well as the sex part. But look, I don't want my podcast to be like rated 18. So I'm not going to go into depth about that. But I just felt like there's just some things that I feel like they don't say, they didn't tell us. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast and with everything I've been saying. Because like, I don't want you to go through things that people, they don't tell you. Miles Monroe said that um, divorce takes like, what did he say? Like about three to eight years before you're like, okay, you know. Um, and again, that's something nobody's going to tell you. Like, I don't know how many divorced people actually tell the truth or they just tell like half truths. Like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't need this person. I'm better than I am. I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong man. I don't need her. She was ruining my life. Da, da, da. That's all you ever hear, right? Well, at least that's all I've ever heard. I've never actually heard somebody tell me the honest truth about divorce apart from that other podcast that I did with DK. Um, you know, so this is is a podcast in that, and I think that's why DK and I like. I absolutely love what she's doing. Check her out on YouTube if you haven't already. In that, she's just trying to tell people the truth of what it's like on the other side, and I appreciate that. We salute you. Thank you so much, DK, for that because there, there's nobody who tells you that. Like people just they divorce, and then even those that you're supposed to be in your mourning period and like. Um, healing they don't do that they just move on to the next spouse so now it's like how but when did you have time to mourn and feel the pain and you know move on to the next one you didn't you know so it becomes a rebound now you start a rebound marriage and you haven't even fixed what you could have fixed and so forth so yeah shout out to dk man for giving us the truth i think a lot of people don't tell you the truth but then i guess it's also awkward because it's like are you really trying to tell people about money and about sex you know what i'm saying <laughs> Um, hence I always say find yourself uh, marriage mentors or money mentors mentors that you can be honest with so they can also give you the real scope of things because you guys now nah, I feel like people didn't really tell like I don't know they just made it seem like marriage was all about love and it's like there's more to it like you have to work on this thing hey it doesn't just run on love you have to be intentional you have to be deliberate you work on it like you work a job like you actually have to work on it and if you leave it it it, it also becomes stale it just dies out because you're not working on it it's like oh, i was gonna say gardening but i don't really garden actually i started a, a veggie garden so <laughs> But the God that takes care of it, guys, honestly, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. But anyways, you understand what I'm saying? It's not like automatic where it just refreshes the app and itself and its romance. And it's not, it's not like that. 
so the the point of this podcast is to bring that element where i'm just trying to like bring people to truth i want to make them aware of certain things i want you to like you know when jesus said count the cost before you're going to become my disciple before you build a house how many of you actually sit down and see if you're going to be able to complete the project that can also be definitely applied to marriage if you know that ah, i won't be able to do this monogamous thing and whatnot then best you don't marry and also Another thing is that Jesus was talking to the men at this moment and then the men were the ones that said it is better to not marry. Why? Because I think they finally understood the weight and responsibility that God has placed on men. In other words, men, the marriage is on you. So women, you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel bad. But look, I guess if you also instituted the divorce, I guess you'll also probably be accountable for that. But for the most part, because the man is the head of the house, he's the one that's going to have to give an account, you know, because some men might be like, she divorced me. Yeah, but why didn't you fight for her? You could fight for her because you're not. You could fight and refuse and, you know, best say, uh, what did you say? Like, shoot me and then you can divorce me type of thing. Because, I mean... Even if I want to leave my husband, like my husband must fight for me. Like he must, you know, <laughs> he needs to fight. So you are the one that's the head of the house. You can't like now not take up responsibility and be like, my wife divorced me. No. And even if she was considering divorce, why is she considering divorce? What's happening in you? Why are you not managing the affairs of your household correctly? What's happening in there? Okay, so yeah, I guess from what I've seen, women usually, if they do divorce, it's for a place of safety because um, they're either not safe in the marriage, and again, who's not making them safe in the marriage? Probably the guy. Um, or they're being cheated on, right? And I'm not saying it's women don't um, initiate divorces. Of course they do, but I feel like the responsibility is still on the, the, the man. So you can't just leave your wife and go start another marriage and you're also committing adultery. Um, and you can't also make vows before God, the living God, and then just walk away from that. Like, let your word mean something. Let your word mean something. Think above all else. Let your word mean something. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, this was also a learning curve for me. I won't lie. I had to also finally... um like understand it, learn to see things from God's perspective. So basically what I'm saying is I, because I decided to get married, I now have to stay in this covenant and I have to make it work. Um, and another beautiful thing that I learned from Miles with regards to divorce, he was just explaining how God is a very patient God and God can work in anyone's life. God can bring any two people back. God can restore anything and everything. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Like God can repair it. And he was saying that, but Moses just didn't have the time for all that. So Moses was just like, you know what, guys, go ahead. Divorce. D, give her the D. That's it. So that was Moses, not God. But with God, he can repair anyone and anything. And these things that are trials now become a character tester. They now build character and so forth. I'm also looking for maybe a woman who would like to share her story on 
divorce because like I've always like in my podcast, I try to not just talk about things by myself so that it doesn't sound like I'm speaking down to people. So I prefer to have somebody who's gone through it that we can like talk about it so that it's not just like, ah, Tibi's just saying that, but you know, just so that you can have a real life example of somebody who's gone through that. So there are people that have been cheated on that have had infidelity in their marriage and they've stayed and the marriage is still there. (laughs) Um, You know, so apparently only God can separate you. And from what I'm seeing, God only severs the tie in the event of death. Yo, guys, that's so scary. That really scares me because I wish somebody had told me that before I got married because then maybe I would have been like, okay, just wait, just wait, just wait. Maybe boyfriend and girlfriend sounds better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I don't know that. Like, I didn't understand the the depth of what I was going into. So this thing is a commitment. You can't just like switch off. And just because culture says it's okay to divorce and it's a popular thing and now before you even get into the marriage, you've already divided your assets so that you can leave. You know, you've already signed a prenup. You've already decided who has what, what, whether you're going to have an accrual or you've already decided that before you enter into the marriage because you've already decided that, yeah, should anything happen, I'm going to take my stuff and leave. So even things like that, I just wonder, like, how do you enter a marriage and you already have an exit strategy, like an exit plan? Like you've already decided that should this happen? I don't know. Those are, those seems like, those seem like very dangerous, um, mindset so yeah as far as infidelity is concerned remember adultery starts in the heart so technically i think we maybe all should have divorced our husbands in like maybe the first year or second year because probably committed adultery in their hearts or vice versa so just just that's just something to think about about the spirit of the law and how you're not divorcing somebody because of an act because the act is just like the the final straw it's something that has already taken place and before it became an act, it was a thought, it was a, a meditation. It was a, it was a thing they were thinking of doing and they did it. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think I also would have said, I know it's better not to marry. But tell me, are you guys getting this message where you are? Wherever God has planted you, is this what you're hearing about marriage? Are you being cautioned against it or are you just being pushed into it? Because I think many of the time when people are just being pushed into it and they just also go into it, I think right now I can like 100% guarantee that you're not being told the truth. You're not being told the whole truth. People are not telling you that they themselves are cheated on their spouses. They're just telling you, get married, get married. They're not telling you that even if you get married because you can't have self-control or because you're struggling with sexual sin and temptation, they're not telling you that it's not going to go away when you go, when you get married and that you're still going to have to fight it. But now you're going to fight it and it's going to be double fights because if you're struggling with sexual sin on your own, that's between you and God, right? Now, if you're struggling with sexual sin in a marriage, that's you, God, and your spouse. So now you're sinning against two people. You're sinning against God. You're sinning against or three people. You're sinning against God. You're sinning against yourself. And you're sinning against your spouse. Whereas in the previous one, you're just sinning between two people. You're sinning against yourself and sinning against God. Now, when you get married, it's it's like more, you know, and it affects the other person. So, yeah, guys. And to close it off, this was the one that blew my mind. There can be no divorces if there are no marriages. <laughs> so if we don't get married, we don't gotta get divorced. Taps hate. You know that uh, meme of that guy who like taps his his, his temple like and has that mm-hmm. the one who's wearing black or the black leather jacket. Mm-hmm. 
So let's prevent divorces, guys. Um, and before we enter into marriage, let's like think. Let's be sober about it. Let's find people that can be really, truly honest with us. And yeah, I know. Don't come to me. Don't come ask me about my business. But find somebody in your world. <laughs> and and just let them be honest, man. Because yo, guys, no, I think if we really understand what we signed up for, I think even I didn't really understand until like recently like you know understanding it and getting to check scripture because i was also i think growing up i was like yeah if this happens i I'll probably leave yeah if this happens you know we all say that as young people yeah if this happens i'm gonna leave yeah if this happens i'm gonna leave and then you get married and then you're like damn i've made a commitment before god i'm in a coven now this is not dating so i can't just like switch off um but yeah let me know what your thoughts are um uh, just parting remarks. I remember someone said to me that, or oh, was it something I read? It said it's better for, um, to, better to return from a failed marriage alive than to return from a failed marriage in a coffin. And I was like, ooh, shudders. You know, um, people can be quite abusive. What would I say? I would say, look, you can report abuse. The law is with you on that one. Um, I don't know if. I'm not saying don't get, mm, I'm not saying get divorced. I'm not saying don't get divorced. And like I said, on this podcast, that one I can't decide. But what I do know is it looks like people that get abused, they don't report the crime and then they opt to make a spiritual separation than a legal investigation, if that makes sense. So some things are, are also matters of the law that the law can deal with. So your husband rapes you, you decide to not report that and then you opt to like fix it spiritually by destroying the marriage if that makes sense so i think um let's report crimes so if your husband does something just report the crime and then maybe when he goes away to jail when he comes back he'll be rehabilitated and then you're all good maybe you'll have a profound appreciation you'll have time to think about his sins while he's in jail do you know what i mean so i think for too long is that women don't always i'm not saying all of them don't but sometimes you don't so you don't report the abuse or worse you go to the family and then the family is like let's have a family meeting avoid family meetings at all costs if it involves the popo call the popo Smadia said call the popo ho call the popo involve the police so where it's a crime report the crime and then but um i think just leave the marriage um no, I mean, I mean, I mean, leave it alone, not leave the marriage. I mean, leave, leave it, leave the marriage alone, but rather report the crime, let justice happen. And I mean, obviously, if your life is in danger and um, your safety, the safety of you and your kids, then by all means, you know, maybe um, you should move out, separate for a bit. Um, I don't know. But the thing is, I think in most instances, people are not reporting the crime. So they're opting to divorce they, they're, they're attempting to, to end the marriage as opposed to reporting the crimes within the marriage. So I would say let's report the crimes within the marriage first and then let's see if we can still work on it. Um, because like I said, one is in one God's court of law and like I said, God can change anyone. And I think that's the, the depth of marriage is that it's so deep because you enter it and it's a lifetime thing, you know? So you can't just like exit and... People looks like they're always looking for excuses and reasons to leave and they want to use other things. So now, I don't know, maybe your husband cheated on you 10 years ago and you still stayed or 
he cheated on you, what, what, or something happened and then you forgave him. And then 10 years later, maybe you find a nice guy that you like. Now you want to divorce your husband because of something else that he did long ago. And you know what I mean? Now you're just looking for a way out. I don't know people's um, specific situations. I don't know what's happening in your guys' life. But what I just would really like to encourage you is just, let's go back to scripture. Um, let's let's align ourselves with the word of God. Um, and then let's, yeah, let's be sober about this. So if you're considering marriage, oof, ask, ask somebody for the truth, honey. Ask somebody for the truth if they're willing to share it with you. So then people put up lots of facades. Um, <laughs> never hear church leader tell you what's actually happening in their marriage. But anyways, um, yeah, just try find true people that you can rely on that really tell you the truth, like the truth about marriage. And then also ask God for wisdom. God is always there. Ask God for wisdom. Even if you're considering a divorce, ask God for wisdom. It is only God who can give wisdom and and help you make the right decision because he's planned your life. So he knows what he's going to work out for your good. So maybe you don't need to leave your marriage. Maybe it was going to get better in, in year five. Um, you know, there've been couples that wanted to get divorced after year one, year two of marriage, and then they stuck it through and it got better. So Hence, I, I'd like to encourage you just get to God because maybe God has a, a, a specific, unique plan. Maybe your marriage is the one that's going to empower us all and be the shining light, shining example because of what it's been through. Um, you know, so let's honor our vows. Let's not be quick to quit on each other. Let's just, um, yeah, take it to God. We have God in our marriage. He's still there. So let's. Now, not just abscond and leave and then think that it's just going to dissolve into thin air. It's still there. And from God's perspective, heaven is witnessing a lot of people committing adultery. Um, and also, I've learned that history usually repeats itself and that issues not dealt with become, become the same issues that you still have to face in a different marriage. Um, yeah, and you'll always remember that first one. Uh, yeah anyways let's wrap up have a wonderful sunday let me know what your thoughts are um yeah let's be reunited with christ let's understand what marriage is yo i think i might end up doing a blog post about it because yo it was so deep it is better to not marry guys it really is <laughs> because once you say i do like god and heaven they take note of your ideas and even if the earth and the legal judicial system, they're all there, they're there to help you separate your assets and divorce with somebody. You still have to divorce spiritually and God doesn't grant that, you know? Um, yeah, ish. I hope I don't get flack from people that have been divorced, like coming with the fire. Don't come with the fire, guys. Let's just talk. <laughs> Maybe it's a misunderstanding on my part, but I don't know. I really just, I, th I thoroughly understood like, what he was explaining and also checking scripture, it checks out with what he was saying and everything can be overcome. It's just that sometimes we just don't have patience or I don't know, we forget our own faults and we magnifying the faults of our spouse and we want to leave because of something they're doing, but maybe they're sticking, they've been sticking with you for something that you've been doing and you're just not aware of it. I don't know what that thing is. Don't ask me. Only God can show you revelation and show your own blind spots, but just be aware of the grace and the mercy that your spouse might have um, extended to you before you decide to just give in the towel. Be blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday. 
at Show underscore. Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to The Teppi Show, the number one podcast for people who want to get their edge together and take their life to the next level. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also share your thoughts and leave a voice message. Thank you. Until next Sunday.